continue our daily Bible reading today in Ezra chapter 3. It's a Monday. We started yesterday on Sunday to get into Ezra. We're going to read the whole book of Ezra uh, this week, so that's why I got you started on Monday. If you haven't had a chance to watch that video yet, it's uh, chapters 1 and 2 of Ezra. As we continue historically where we left off with Second Chronicles, the end of Second Chronicles, um, uh, in that last chapter we read about how the children of Israel, the Judah, the tribe of Judah, or the, the, um, the southern kingdom of Judah, have been taken into exile in Babylon. But already at the end of Second Chronicles, we read about the fact that the Babylonians are taken over by the, the Syrians and uh, Persia, uh, that they had um, uh, the king of Persia, Cyrus the king of Persia, had already said, God had placed on my heart to allow some of you to go back to, uh, to Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple. In other words, there's that, there's that silver lining, there's that, there's that light at the end of the tunnel uh, that God always provides. On our worst of days, God always provides a remnant. Um, we look at our world and we see the depravity of our world. We see the depravity of our sin. Um, and yet God never gives up on us. He's like that good shepherd who goes after that one sheep that's lost. Um, he's that good, who's that, he's that loving father who when that son finally comes back, he runs down the road to meet him. So a wonderful, wonderful scene of what great God's grace is all about. He's not like you or me who may give someone, you know, one or two or three or four chances. Um, there's no adding up. Uh, the, Paul says in Corinthians, when he defines what love is in 1 Corinthians 13, he says he keeps no record of wrongs. In other words, they're not tabulating to say, you know, I'll go this far, but but no further. Um, and these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And here's a, here's a good example of it here. So chapter 3 in Ezra, we read now, as they come back to uh, uh, to the promised land, as they come back to Jerusalem, as God gives them uh, this opportunity, um, they're going to be faithful to God, and immediately uh, they get back into their, into their worship. Um, even though they don't have the building built, and I think it's a good example for us too. We don't don't always have to have the building to be able to worship. If it if it isn't possible for us to be there, we figure out another way to most importantly reestablish that relationship with God. Uh, the building is great, and they're going to build that building eventually because they build it to the glory of God. But they realize the third commandment. Remember, in the Sabbath day is something we can and should do anywhere and everywhere. We're not limited by a building. After all, this place is called a church, not because of the building, but because of who is in the building. That's the church. The church is people. Remember our story from, from Sunday school, you know, steeple, open the church, there's all the people. Good reminder there. Or the song, I am the church, you are the church, we are the church together. Um, is uh, is an example of that too, but they do, and and then they 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 start to pick up the regular sacrifices that they did and the regular worship that they did, and eventually they get to the point. Then it says, "But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid." So what did they do? They gave money to the masons and the carpenters. In other words, they practice good stewardship, and part of their good stewardship is recognizing how God has blessed them, and now they have the opportunity uh, to use that. God always provides. Everything belongs to God. He gives it to us, and he works through us to uh, to get his work done. Uh, there's an example right there. So they start to rebuild the temple. But it's an interesting note here in verse 3 where he says, they set the altar in its place. And my footnote in the Bible says, um, probably means it's close to the site where it formerly stood. Now, I emphasize that word formally because if you remember at the end of Chronicles, 
when uh, the Babylonians took Jerusalem, they leveled the city. Literally, the, the expression was they didn't leave one stone left upon another. But yet there's still something there. And, and it's just like God to always to always keep a remnant. Um, for it never to be the end with us. When someone dies and we bury them in the tomb, um, it's not the end for them, um, and it's not the end for us. We know that there is resurrection uh, uh, with God. So they start to rebuild the temple, and they get the workers together to do that. And in verse 10, it says, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets, and the Levites with symbols to praise the Lord, and they sang responsibly. In other words, they know what true worship is all about. It's about, it's about in our time, pastor and people coming together to sing praises to God with the instruments that God has blessed us with. And, and that's, that's our worship. And it kind of reminds me of the day when, um, uh, before we finished up the present building that we're worshiping in right now, when it was just the shell that was up, we had an opportunity to come in and we worshiped in that shell of a building because we said, hey, we're the church. This building may not be done, but it doesn't mean the church isn't, isn't here. The church is here and it's here in us. And there's a long story behind that too, but I can tell you that some other time. But it says here, interesting note, that they sang responsibly. So this responsive reading oftentimes we do in worship where, for instance, I say something and you respond with something comes from the Bible and the Bible times. And one of the notes in the commentary reminds me, you know, uh, back in that time, maybe a lot of the people weren't educated or were that well educated or could read that well. So to give them the same response each time would be something they could participate in. Um, and, and here you have an example of that. And then the chapter ends with some pretty powerful words. It says, but the old men who had seen the first house wept with a loud voice. So you got the you got the trumpets and the people shouting for joy, but the old men also crying. And I'm sure there were there were um, uh, tears for a number of reasons. Number one, remembering how bad they they were in that in that that allowed or then then God allowed the Babylonians to destroy that temple, realizing it was their fault. And then thankful to the point of tears that God had allowed them to come back to that place and to start again. Um, but that but the shouts and the, and the tears. Uh, we're so mixed together, it says, that it was hard to distinguish between the two. And then it says, the sound was heard far away. And what a great way for us to conclude that the sound of our praise of God, the sound of our own tears because of our sin and the thankfulness to God that despite that, he still loves us and is gracious to us, ought to be heard well beyond the door of the doors of this building and well beyond the doors of our home to the world that they might know uh, that we praise the Lord. So God bless you as you continue to read on this Monday uh, in Ezra chapter 3.